The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Yevamot. Masechet Yevamot has been dedicated and sponsored by our dear friend, Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife in honor of his uh, family and Hatzlacha Varvacha Bechol Maaseyadav May be Zocheh to raise his children in the ways of the Torah, they should give him much nahat, he should have many more children with health and happiness, and he should have him and his entire family, Amen. Just a note of interest, as we study Masechet Yebamot, many of the cases need diagrams, we have chosen the Sefer Siurim Le Masechet Yebamot as our uh, book for the diagrams written by Aaron Shalomo Berabi Baruch Moshe Hafner available in the bookstore some refer to pages we are using uh, that sefer Daf Lamed He today's Daf is being studied Le'idun Nishmat Avraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen we begin today's Daf on Lamed Dalad Amud Bet and we are going to begin six lines from the bottom, starting with the statement, Amar Shemuel. We learned in our Mishnah, a case where two men got married to two ladies, they made Kiddushin, and then after they made the Kiddushin, the wives got mixed up with the other fellows. And the deen was that they must go back, it was done by mistake, they must go back, uh, immediately to their original uh, husbands but not really immediately they have to wait a havhana period a discerning period of three months because just in case she got pregnant from the uh, second fellow so that would be a situation of eshet ish so the child would be a mamzer so therefore we have to wait a discerning period of three months to make sure that she's not pregnant so then, after three months, she can go back to her official husband. We do not want to confuse Ben Zera Pasul and Zera Kashir. She'll get married, go back right away to her original husband, and she is indeed pregnant. People will think that uh, the child is from him and think it's Zera Kashir, but indeed it is Zera Pasul. So now the Gemara is going to give some uh, details regarding that, uh, that deen. So Gemara says, Amar Shemuel, Shemuel said, V'chulan s'richot l'amtin sh'loshah chodashim. Any person that had uh, relations has to wait three months before they get married. Chutz, except, M'giyoret, U'mishukhreret ketana. Except for a convert, who is a ketana, who is a minor, that would be a shifha kenanit. That is also a ketana. So these people, before they get married, they do not have to wait a three-month period. So the Gemara makes a diuk from the fact that Shemuel gives two exceptions by uh, ketana. It says a giyoret ketana and a mishukhreret ketana. Do not need the three-month period. Aval... So the diuk is, but a ketana, who's Jewish, regular Bat Yisrael, who's a minor, would need 
three months, which means the diuk is Shemuel must be talking about ketanot, because he makes his exceptions. He says vechulan all need the three months, uh, all meaning all ketanot except for two: a ketana that was giyoret or a ketana that was a slave that was freed. They do not need the three months. Now let's read this in Rashi. Amar Shemuel vechulan anashim shenibalu all ladies that had relations sirichot leamtin milin naseh from getting married shlosha odashim achar biatan chutz megiyoret umshochnet ketana. Now the afalgav the stam of the kochavim v'shevcha zonoten. The question is, what do you mean? Usually these people giyoret before she converts or a mishochnet before she becomes free a regular slave they have the the zonot. Which means having relations all over the place. So therefore, how can you tell me you don't need three months? Chara, you should need three months before they get uh, married. For example, when they convert, uh, and after a ma, or shifcha, is free, she becomes Jewish. So Chara, you should need the three months. So she says, Lo gazu labanan beketana lamtin achar tevilat giyoret. Which means they were not mahmir by a ketana, after she converts, they were not mahmid by a ketana in these cases. So that she says, that he only made an exception when it comes to a giyoret ketana, that he must be talking about ketanot. The ketana bat Yisrael sirika lamtin. But ketana bat Yisrael must wait three months. Vafalgav de la bat banimi. Now he asked a question. She's a ketana. She's not able to have children. But she's a ketana, so what's the three months for? So the Gemara says, "Ve'ed kanavana ben zaros l'rishul zoshel sheni gazur bar abanan mishum gedola." I have to say that they made a gezeran a ketana atu a gedola where she can have children. So even in the ketanot, the rabbi's gezerot was limited. It was only by a regular ketana yisraelit, but not by a giyonet and not by a mishukmenet. That was the diuk that we're making on Shmuel's statement. So the Gemara says, "Ubemai." Uh, let's analyze. What type of ketana by Israel are you telling me that you need three months? If we're talking about a girl that was married when she was a ketana, and then she made mi'un, which means since her, let's say, her kiddushin was only mit banan. For example, let's say her father had died, and uh, her brother or mother married her off, so it's only kiddushin banan. So she was with her first husband, and then she made a mi'un, a refusal. It's, uh, that's a get in such a uh, that, in such a uh, marriage. And then you tell him that she has to wait three months. That's not so. In the case of mi'un, you don't need because number one, the rabbis were not gozer by a kitana that made mi'un because the whole gezra is kitana has to wait three months atu a gedola. But we're only going to make a gezera in a similar case that can happen by a gedola. And since a gedola cannot make mi'un, there's not no case of mi'un by a gedola, because mi'un is specifically for ketana. So therefore the rabbis will not gozer by a case of a ketana that made mi'un. So therefore that, that cannot be the case, because in that case, you would not have to wait three months by a ketana. The rabbis will not gozer. Ve'i ve'amar shemuel de'lobaya. Right? Shemuel said clearly that by mi'un, a ketana, you don't need to wait the three months. She can get married right away. Ve'ibeget, so you tell me, no, it's about a, a, uh, a girl that uh, got a uh, get. So comes the Gemara and says, that cannot be as well. Why?
Now, what would be the case that she would come out with a get? I mean, after all, she is a ketana. So it's talking about over here, well, it's the father married off. Now, when a father marries off a ketana, so that's a kedushin doraita. So even though she's a ketana, she needs a get. So maybe we'll talk about a case where the ketana got married off by a father. Now, she gets a get doraita. So now we need a three-month period. Atu a gedola. So the Gemara says, "Beget ha'amra Shmuel hadazimna." Shmuel said this case already. We don't need him to repeat it from an implication. The Amar Shmuel mi'anabo if it came from mi'un ena sidikal damtich for shachadashim natan laget sidikal damtich for shachadashim. So we want to know then what was the purpose of Shmuel's statement to tell me that only a ketana giyoret or ketana mishukreret they don't need three months. Much more than a ketana regular needs three months. Well, what type of ketana? Ketana from miun she doesn't need. The rabbis will not go there. Ketana that that get he said it beferus that she needs she needs three months. So the Gemara says ela biznud. So in my case, he's coming to include a ketana that wasn't married but she committed znut. She went with somebody. Out of marriage. And now she wants to get married. So the Hadush over here is that in this case over here, a Kitana regular Yisrael that had Znut would need the three months, as opposed to a Giyorit Kitana or a Mishukhrerit Kitana. So the Gibraltar says, Begazul Abanan Kitana Mishum Gedola. And basically, the rabbis made a Gezerah here, because really, it is only a Gezerah, because cannot have children. But the rabbis made a gezerah and a ketana atu a gedola. Rashi, top line, the gadu rabbanan ketana, the gabegiyoret ketana lo gazu mishum deloshchiha. That's not such a common case. We have a giyoret ketana, and you have to say uh, that we're going to make a gezerah and a ketana. Giyoret, that went too far, because it's not so common. So they only made a gezerah by a regular ketana, but not by a giyoret ketana. So the Gemara says, "Umi gazdin and ketana mishum gedola." So what are you talking? Do we make a gezera on a ketana that she has to wait three months to a gedola? Ve'atena we learned in our Mishnah, "Imayu ketanot she'enam reuyot liled." We learned in our Mishnah that in this case over here, let's say the story of the mix-up with the two guys that married the two ladies, and then they mixed up. If they were ketanot, we said, "Mahazirin otan miyad." You're able. They're able to go back to their original husbands immediately. They don't have to wait the three months. So you see clearly from our Mishnah, they did not make a gezira by a ketana. That was a special exception that the rabbis made on the spot. Which means that was an exception. It was a ruling for that specific case. So the Gemara says, Michlal de Havai. So what do you mean? From the, from the language that you tell me, it was a specific ruling for that case. It's not where the case happened. Now, we don't assume that this case actually happened, where two guys got married, and then the, their wives got switched. Uh, the Gemara's, uh, the Mishnah was mashma, that uh, it was, it's a hypothetical case. If it was a case that really happened, the Mishnah would use the words ma'aseh, a story. So therefore, how can you tell me what was a, it was a, it was a ruling for that case. Mashmah that it happened. The case never happened. It was like a special ruling for that case. Why? Because a case where two guys get married to two ladies and they switch, that case is not prevalent. So therefore we're not going to make a gizera in a by a ketana in a case that is not prevalent. So therefore you're right. Normally by a ketana, 
even by Znut, we're going to say, what, well, she needs three months. Only by a Kitana Yisraelit. Not by a Giyoret, not by a Mishchukreret. Oh, what about our Mishnah? We're talking about a Kitana Yisraelit. Yeah, but the circumstances of our Mishnah were not prevalent. It's not a common case where two guys get married and then they switch their wives and then they have to wait three months. The rabbis didn't go so far to make a Gezerah. So that's the first a version of this uh, statement of Shemuel. Now the Gemara is going to offer a second version. <coughs> Gemara says, Lishna Harina. Another version. Amala, Amrila, Amar Shemuel, Kulan Srikot Lamtin Shlosha Chodashim. All the ladies have to wait the three months. Chutz, Migiyoret, Umishukhreret, Gedola. According to this version, Shemuel was talking about even a gedola, which means that which he exempted a giyoret and a mishmaret from the three-month period before they want to get uh, go get married. That's by a gedola, which is all gedolot regular need the three months except a giyoret and mishmaret. Implication about ketana bat Israel in atzilichal hamtim gimel chodashim. But it's not by Ketana, even if Ba'i Yisrael does not have to wait anything at all. She's only by Gedola, Shemuel made his statement. By a Ketana, does not have to wait any. Even if I buy a regular Ba'i Yisrael. So the Gemara says, Bemai. Ibimi'un. If you're talking about that it came from the Mi'un, where she was a Ketana, then she made Mi'un. Ha'amara Shemuel Hadazimna. Already Shemuel told us already that a Ketana from Mi'un does not have to wait three months. Ibiget. And if it's talking about where she gave a get, the contrary, she was said in that case, but she gave again, she needs the three months. So comes the Gemara and says, Now Shemuel says, So the Gemara says, Which is, we must be talking about a case where a Ketana, who was Mizana, so the rabbis, according to this version, said that a ketana, that the znut does not have to wait three months. The znut peketana lo shchiyah. And the reason that uh, Shemuel said this is because it's not so common that a ketana, Yisraelit, is going to commit znut. Therefore, we're not going to make a gezerah that she has to wait the three months. Giyoret umeshukhreret dishchiyah behu zenut. Ligzor. Oh, so the Gemara says, okay, so what are you talking? But that's only by a regular Israelite. Maybe it's not Shekhiyah to make a Gizra, they have to wait three months. But by a Giyoret and a Mishukhleret, where it's very common that they commit Znut, so we should make a Gizra after three months. How come he told me that a Giyoret and Mishukhleret, they don't need to have three months waiting period. They're usually promiscuous ladies. They commit Znut. So therefore, it's common. So why shouldn't you say that you make a three-month waiting period? So it was, who? Damar, could it be Yosef? So Shemuel subscribes to the Yosef's opinion. Detanya, that he said in the Brayta, Giyoret A Giyoret, that's a lady that converted. Vashivuya, a lady that was in captivity. Vashivcha, that's a Shivcha Kenanit. Shinivdu, they were redeemed. Vashinit Gayiru, or they converted this lady. Vashinishtachneru, or the Shivcha Kenanit was freed. Srikot Lamtin Gimel Chodashim. They have to wait three months. Devre Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yosem, Matir Li Ares, Vilinasem, Yad. But Rabbi Yosem says, no, the Giyoret, the Meshukhrenet, can get married right away. Amarabah, my Tamad Rabbi Yosef, what's the reason of Rabbi Yosef? Kasabar, 
אישה מזנה משמשת במוח כדי שלא תתעבר. Very interesting. So the says opinion is that a lady that is a zona shall use a sponge. Meaning she'll put a moch in that place over there to absorb the shikmat zera in order that she shouldn't get pregnant. So therefore we're not worried about a uh, <coughs> zona when it comes to a mishchoredet and a giyoret. Because uh, even if they had relations, they use the moch, they use the sponge, and they therefore they, they cannot get pregnant. So therefore you have to wait a uh, three month uh, period. So the Gemara says, Amar le'abaye pishlam agiyoret kevan didata le'igiyure I can understand the giyore case. That's a goya. So let's say she has intention to become Jewish. So therefore, minatera nafsha kedeh lafrein ben zera shenizra b'kdusha ben zera shenizra shelo b'kdusha Which means, I can understand why you tell me that she'll use a moch when she knows she's going to eventually convert. Let's say you have a goya and let's say she has intention to convert. So already three months before her conversion, she'll start using a moch, because she wants to, doesn't she, she wants to discern between zera kasher and zera pasul. Which means, if she's not using a moch, she might get pregnant. Now when she converts and gets married to a Jew, they're not going to know where the child was. Was the child born when she was married to the Jew or when she was still a goya? So she can control that. Since she knows she's going to convert, she'll start using a moch from before the conversion. Shibuya and also let's say a lady that was in captivity. Or let's say a shifcha, they'll also use a moch. Why? Because they will hear from their master that eventually they're going to be free. And therefore, once the Shifchat Kanani becomes free, she becomes Jewish. And therefore, they can anticipate their freedom. So therefore, before their freedom, they'll start to use a moch, in order that when they become Jewish, they'll be able to separate, be discern between Zerak Pasul and Zerak Kashet. So it's in their control. But what are you talking in a regular case of Shen Ve'ayin? That's a regular, let's say, Shifchat. That, let's say, is working for a person, Right? Uh, and the law is that if, let's say, the master hits the slave, so the slave goes out. So if the master hits it in the eye, or hits it in the uh, tooth, so uh, the deen is that the slave goes out free. And right away becomes Jewish. How do you have a case of it? This is, this is spontaneous. She didn't have time to, to, to she's not going to use a moch, she didn't even have any uh, uh, preparation that she's going to become Jewish. She's in the case of the giyor, already she can prepare. Because she knows she'll become Jewish, so they're like, she'll use a moch. In the case of the, the, the Mishra, even she heard from a master that he didn't intend to free her, so she can prepare to use a moch, so she'll, 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 she'll be, she'll be, she won't need a three month uh, period. But a regular spontaneous case where a guy, let's say, hits his Shafran and she goes out free, so how can you tell me she doesn't need three months? The Kaura, she didn't use a moch. So maybe you'll tell me you're right. Maybe the Biyosin will agree in this case, where it's spontaneous, where she couldn't uh, anticipate that she's going to become Jewish right away. So in Echadami, she'll have to wait three months. The lady that was Anusa, right, that was uh, raped, let's say. According to the Biyosin, I have to wait three months. So you see again, but Rabbi Yosef does not make a haluk, even in the case of Anusa, which is spontaneous, she had no preparation, still he said you don't have to wait three months. So therefore the question then is, 
what's the uh, what is the reason over here why we're saying that a giyoret and a shifcha they do not have to wait the three months. So if you're going to tell me over here, the reason is why, <coughs> because uh, they put the moch, because they know they're going to become Jewish, uh, but that's only somebody that knows. But how are you going to explain the case of a uh, anusa? Uh, she had no uh, uh, way to uh, uh, anticipate it, so why doesn't she have to wait the three months according to the Biyoseh? So the Kabbalah gives an answer. Kabbalah says... Uh, the different reason here that a lady that commits zenut immediately after the shenut zenut she'll turn herself over in order that the zera will exit her body because she doesn't want to get pregnant so therefore she does what's called and therefore in all these cases by Znut, the Bible says not Mahmir at all. Any case, whatever it's spontaneous, whether it, she knows that she's going to go free, doesn't matter. Whenever it's Znut, she's going to be mitapechet. So therefore, according to Shittat the Bible, never does a <coughs> case of Znut need a three-month period. Oh, so that's the Shittat of the Bible. What about according to the Bible that says they need? So the Biuda is going to say that what? We're concerned that maybe she's not going to turn over properly, and then maybe all the Zera is not going to come out, and then she can't get pregnant. So the Biuda says not to say that she's not going to do it the right way, and the Biuda is. So let's just review according to this last Shita uh, over here. Comes out according to the Lashon of Shemuel, the second Lashon. Let's review the second Lashon first. The second lesson of Shemuel was what? That a Giyoret and a Mishchoreret that are Gedolot, uh, they do not need, they do not need a Habchana uh, uh, of three months. And therefore, according to Shemuel, right? they can get married uh, right away. It was not Gozer by a Giyoret and a Mishchoreret. And his logic will be also, because they'll say, since she's there anticipating their conversion, they're anticipating their Jewishness, so therefore they'll be metapechet, they'll uh, you know, get rid of the zera right away, and therefore they're not going to limit themselves from becoming pregnant. So we're not worried about the three months. And for that matter, a giyorat mishukhredet, that's also a ketana, according to them, uh, for sure, also will be able to get married right away, according to Shemuel. However, a bat Yisrael, gedola, that committed Znut, in that case over there, according to Shemuel, Gedola, uh, only he was potere giyoret and mishukhleret, but by Yisrael Gedola, by Znut, he held Sricha Lamtin, he'd have to wait the three months, and a Bat Yisrael Ketana, again, by all Ketanot he was not Gozer, according to this version over there, and they, but a Bat Yisrael that went out with a get, he would say, Sirichal Lamtin, because then we're going to make a Gezerah, Atu a Gedolah, but not by a Ketana of Znut. So that would be Shemuel. Now according to Rabbi Yoseh, Rabbi Yoseh, a Giyoret, a Mishukhleret, Gedolah, can get married right away. A Giyoret, a Mishukhleret, Ketana, can get married right away. Back to say with Znut right away, back to say Ketana, Znut can get married right away, in all these cases, because in all these cases, all of Znut, you can be with so therefore, the B.O.C. is the most mekel uh, over here. He does not have any uh, restrictions uh, when it comes to uh, the three-month uh, period. By a giyoret, 
whether it's Gedolau Ketana, whether it's a Bat Yisrael, that Znut, even a Bat Yisrael Ketana by um, Gedolau, Ketana by Znut, uh, also does not have to wait the three-month period. Because again, he holds in these cases, the lady will be metapek, and then she knows how to be metapek, and then she cannot get pregnant. So that's the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. So basically, what you have to know from this last piece, the basic difference between the first version of Shemuel and the second version of Shemuel would be in the first version of Shemuel, he talked about a ketana, but a gedola in the first version, whereas in the second version, a gedola can get married right away. That would be one uh, difference. And the second difference between the first version, dafka a gedola. By a mishukhredet and a giyoret, dafka gedola would have to wait uh, the uh, three months. But a ketan and a but Yisrael ketana that had znut according to the first version, sidichal amti would have to wait three months. According to the second version, tenasi miyad. And anyway, those are the uh, opinions uh, based on the different girsaot uh, of the mishonot. Uh, Come to Gemara further. The Gemara says, actually, let's read some of these Ashis here. Let's read the Ashi. Who the Amar can be Yose? Right, Shemuel's following the opinion of the Bi Yose. De lo Gazar. Right, they did not make a Gazar by Znut. De me Faresh Ta'amad di Isham Mizram etapechet. Kedeshelot etaber. Miu bi Israelit Gazar Shemuel Znut atunisuin. Shemetaberet. Which means by. Shemuel was mahmid by a Jewish, a Israeli, that committed znut, that she has to uh, wait three months, uh, because Israel znut atu nisuin. A quote from our Mishnah. We said, the imayu kohanot nifselu mina Which means in the case of it, we have two guys married two ladies. Right? And then we said they switched. Right? They took the wrong wives after. So we said if the ladies were kohanot, which means they were the daughters of kohanim, so we say they become pasul from the uh, kehuna. Right? That's the way we understood. Now what does it mean they become pasul from the kehuna? So which means, uh, now already they went with a uh, um, a uh, a man over there that they weren't married with. They went with Eshet Ish. So Bat Kohen that had committed Eshet Ish, she becomes asul to marry a Kohen. And the law is uh, that even if the uh, Bat Kohen let's say it was by Anusa. Like in this case over here, it wasn't on purpose. doesn't matter, she becomes a surah to her husband. So therefore, the Gemara says, Now, we understand which means, a bad kohen, anusa would become a surah to her husband if the husband was a kohen. Understand that good. Normally we say if a lady was uh, raped, uh, she was married, she was raped, she can go back to the husband. But in this case over here, if the husband's a kohen, 
And she's a bad Kohen, and it was raped, the Torah is mahmir by, by, by Kohanim. That a Kohen's wife, even if she's raped, becomes a sur to the husband. So the Gemara says, if she's a bad Kohen, she cannot go back to her Kohen husband. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? Kohanot in Yisraelit lo? What do you mean? If, for that matter, even if she was a Yisraelit, I don't care if she's a bad Kohen, even if, she, even if she's a Yisraelit, and she was raped, and her husband's a Kohen, she cannot go back to her husband. The law of Anusa applies to whatever the wife is. The point is, if the husband is a Kohen, his wife becomes a Surat to him regardless. So the Gemara says, you're right. So change the language of the Mishnah and read it if they were the wives of Kohanim. Which is, I don't care who they are. Whether they're Kohanim, Kohanim, or they're Yisraelim, it doesn't matter. If they, whatever they are, if they're married to a Kohen, and now in this case, when they became Anusa, which they went with another man, they become Asura to the husbands. So it's Imayun Neshek Kohanim. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Neshei Kohanim in Neshei Yisraelim lo? What do you mean? Only the wife of a Kohen? What about, let's say, a lady that was married to Yisraelim? Let's say it was a lady that was married to Israel. That happened in this case. What would it be? Because we know from Rav Avram, Hamilta Amar Al Nav Sheshat. Nav Sheshat taught us this law, and he uh, enlightened our eyes in this law from our Mishnah. Eshet Yisrael Sheneinsa. Let's say the wife of a Yisrael that became Neinsa. Even though she's permissible to husband, very interesting, which means any lady that was Anusa, she was married and then she was Anusa, she is forbidden to Kohanim. Oh, so then the question is, so why did you only tell me over here, Neshe uh, Kohanim, the wives of Kohanim, if they were Neinsu, they become Asura to the husband. Not only the wives of Kohanim. The wives even of Yisraelim, if they were Ne'insu, they become Asura to the Kehuna. So the Gebra says, Amar Abba Haki Kamar, Imayu Kohanot, Nisuot Yisrael, Nifselu Mina Teruma, Debe Neshayu. So the Gebra says, you're right in all your cases, but Al-Mishtah was trying to transmit a different point, which means, if let's say these ladies were the daughters of Kohanim, and they were married to a Yisrael. Now let's discuss Nifselu min at-tirumah de They're going to be pasul uh, from eating tirumah in their father's house. Which is normally we have a law like this. If a lady is a, a bat kohen. Okay? And let's say she's, before she becomes married, she's able to eat tirumah in her father's house. Now let's say she gets married to Israel. Once she gets married to Israel, she's not allowed to eat tirumah anymore. Now she follows her husband. But let's say her husband died, and there's no children, she goes back to her father's house and can continue to eat tirumah again. So the Hadush is like this. In this case, if let's say the ladies were benot kohanim, and they were married to uh, Israel. And then this switcheroo took place over there, which means now they ended up by mistake going with the other guy. And now let's say their original husband died. They do not go back to their father's house to eat, even if there was no children. So that's the Hadush of the Mishnah, which means that a bat kohen 
that was Ne'insa when she was married, like we have in this case over there, becomes Pasul from the Tirumah, which is a Hanush again. So again, the point of the Mishnah is, if they were Kohanot, I mean, the daughters of Kohani married the Israelim, and that would happen, and the switch took place. When they ensued, they ended up switching wives, so the guy with the Reuven ended up taking Shimon's wife by mistake. Oh, she's a bad Kohen, finished, even if now her husband Reuven, uh, Shimon, the husband, let's say, dies, finished. She does not go back to her father's house to eat Turumat. The Hadush being that a bad Kohen that was Ne'insa, after she got married, Loses our rights to return back to the father's house from eating the turumah. But in a ghanameh, any lady that was married at Ne'insa is pasul to a kohen. Whether she's a bad kohen, whether she's a Yisraelit married to a kohen, whether she's a Yisraelit married to a Yisrael, once she was Ne'insa, after she got married, she loses her rights to marry Kehuna. Our point in the Mishnah is only legabeh, the eating turumah. Hadran alach. Now, we begin the fourth perek of Yibamot, perek Acholet Liyibimto. Now, we've been always talking about the cases of Yibum, but now we have to discuss a very important uh, condition that was unspoken until this point. A lady that say her husband dies, so now she falls to Yibum, she cannot make Yibum until she waits 90 days. Which means this three-month period applies to Yibum as well. Because uh, we're worried that maybe she was pregnant from her husband. And therefore, maybe she doesn't even uh, fall to Yibum. Because if she has a child, there's no Yibum. So maybe she's pregnant. How do you know she's not pregnant when the husband died? So you have to wait three months. And that's usually the discerning period. And therefore you'll know exactly if she's false to Yibum or not. So that would be a very important condition that has to be uh, spoken out. Now, uh, the Mishnah is going to give us cases over here. If let's say they started to perform either Haditha or Yibum on the lady, before they waited this 90 days. So the Mishnah begins. The guy, one of the brothers made Haditha to the Yibama. After he made Haditha, found out that indeed she is pregnant. And then she gave birth. If let's say the Valad is a Valad Shilkayama, meaning it's a baby that lives, because for the law of uh, Yibum to be nullified, which means uh, uh, if the child remains a Ben Kayama alive, so therefore there's no Yibum. So it says, He would be permissible with her relatives, and she would be permissible with his relatives. Which means normally, when a person makes Halitza a lady, so now he becomes forbidden to that lady's relatives. Because now they're all considered, for example, Ahot Halutzato, Em Halutzato, etc. Which means the Halutza by making Halitza a lady, you become forbidden to a lot of those ladies' relatives, as well as she does become forbidden to a lot of the Halutza's relatives. But since over here she ended up having a baby, this lady, and the baby was a Ben Kayama, the Halitza was nothing, because she, she didn't need a Halitza. She was pregnant at the time, and she ended up having a baby, so therefore there's no Halitza in this case, so therefore it's like it never happens. So everybody's permissible with each other's relatives. And furthermore, she is not Pesula from the Kewuna. Which means, normally a halutza cannot marry a kohen. But this was not considered a halitza. 
It was a mistake. She was pregnant. She ended up having a baby. So therefore she can marry Kiwuna. And a Vlad Shulkayama, but let's say the baby does not make it. Which means the Vlad does not live. It's a nefil, the miscarriage, let's say. Who asur bikrobotea? So now the Halitza was really a Halitza. It was necessary. Therefore she becomes forbidden in our relatives. Who asura bikrobab? And she becomes forbidden in his relatives, because the Halitza was a Halitza. Upsulam and a Kiwuna. For that matter, she becomes Pisulat Rikuna because she's considered like a Halutza. She's not considered like she is a Halutza. Next case. Let's say a fellow made Yibum with a lady. And all of a sudden you find out that she was actually pregnant. Which means she did not wait the 90 days. And all of a sudden you realize that she was pregnant. And it's obvious she was pregnant from her first husband. Now she had a baby. When the baby comes out, if the baby comes out alive, you'll see. Uh, so then he has to leave her right away because this yibum over here was a mistake. It wasn't considered yibum; it was considered going with eshet ah, and therefore he must get, get rid of her immediately. The hayavim bekorban, and they must bring a korban hatat for the sin that they committed because they really were not allowed to be together. But if the, let's say the baby does not make it, the baby let's say miscarries, yikayem, so he can stay married because really the yibum was considered a yibum. Let's say they made the yibum after two months. And now the lady gives birth. Now, you are not sure if it is nine months from the first husband or seven months from the second husband. We're not sure who the father is over here. And then we have a sefek if yibum is applicable over here. So it says, you'll see. Well, you have to get rid of her, because maybe it's from the first husband, and therefore there's no Yibum applicable over here. So you have to get rid of her, because there's no Nomad Zvav Yibum over here. It's considered Eshet Ah, Bavlad, Kasher. But no matter from who the baby is from, the baby is Kasher. Which means the baby is not a pasul over here. Why? If it's from the first husband, so therefore the first husband they were married. No problem. The baby came from a legal marriage. And if it's from the second husband, so that means that was yibum. So if a man of shech, the baby is kasher. The hayavim be'asham talui. But both of them have to bring a sacrifice called an asham talui. That's a korban that's pending. Because we don't know if there was a sin made over here. We don't know where the baby is from. Is the baby from the first marriage or the second marriage? So therefore, since it's safik, if a sin was committed, they bring a pending uh, asham. So that's basically the dinim of the first Mishnah. So now the Gemara analyzes. Itmar, we have a statement. Let's say a fellow made a halitza to a me'oberet, to a lady that was pregnant. Vepila, and then she had a miscarriage. So the Gemara gives a very important mahluk to Rabbi Yohanan Ashlakish in this case. Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Ena Sadiqa Khalitza Minachim. She does not need another Khalitza from the brothers. Meaning, the Khalitza that was done when she was pregnant is considered a Khalitza. And since she had a miscarriage, we see that really she never ended up having children. So therefore, the Khalitza is a legitimate Khalitza. She says, no, she needs a Halitza, which is once she miscarriages, we don't look at that original miscarriage, that, that, that Halitza as anything, and therefore one of the brothers, including this brother, if he wants to do it again, to sort speaks out, to make a Halitza again on this lady. So the Gibbana says, Rabbi Hanan Amar, Ezri Halitza Menachim, what's the reason Rabbi Hanan? Because it's Halitza, Me'ubedet, Shema Halitza. 
because the chalitza of a lady that's pregnant is considered chalitza. Ubiat meubedet shema biah, and the biah if he would have made yibum on a meubedet she had a miscarriage, he also holds it's considered a, a biah. And therefore, any lady that's subject to yibum is subject to chalitza. And even if she's pregnant, it would work according to the Bihanah. He says, no, sir. When she has the miscarriage, now she there's still a zika here. She needs a chalitza. Why? Because chalitzat me'obedet lo shme chalitza. When you make chalitza on a me'obedet, it's not considered a chalitza. Ubiat me'obedet lo shme bi'ah. Because even if she would make a boom in this case, since, since she would make a boom in this case, it would not be a boom. So therefore, you cannot make a boom, cannot make chalitza. So the Gemara says, What's the mahluk between the Bihana and Shlakish? Iba'et ema'akra, iba'et ema'asivara. I can tell you, either they're arguing on Pesukim, or they're arguing on Sevara logic. Iba'itema Sevara, what's the Mahlukan in Sevara? Rabbi Yohanan Sevara, im yavo Eliyahu. Let's say Eliyahu and Avi would come. V'yomar, and tell you from the beginning. De'ad de'ibera mapule mapla. That this lady that's pregnant over here, you should know she's going to have a miscarriage. Let's say you had that inside information from Eliyahu and Avi. Mi'lab bat halitza v'yibumi. Which means, then you know for sure that she's really subject to halitza or yibum. Because the Arab is telling you, listen, this lady I'm telling you is going to have a miscarriage. So therefore, I don't give you pregnant. You know that the baby's not going to make it. So therefore, hashtanametik. They will tell the mafreya. So therefore, we'll say the same thing over here. The mafreya retroactively, when she has a miscarriage, will say that the time of the halitza was done, the halitza was considered uh, legitimate. Because bottom line, she ultimately is a lady that's not having children. So the technique, even if the yibum was made, it would be okay. So for the Bihalat, she can go with the retroactive. He says, no, no, we go right now. Right now she's pregnant. Therefore, it's possible she's going to have a baby. And therefore, Khalitza and Yibum cannot be done in such a case. So that's the Mahlokan and Sevara. Do you work retroactively? And say what happened now, you're right, we didn't know what's going on now. But retroactively, when they have the miscarriage, Rukhana will say, okay, there you go. So retroactively, we know that she really wasn't having a baby. Therefore, she was subject to Halitza. Rukhana holds like that, and Shaki says, no. Or we can base it on Pesukim. Rukhana Zavar. Pesuk says, Uben en lo. Which means, when do you fulfill the Mazavi boom? When the lady does not have a, or when the, when the, the husband, the original husband does not have a child. Okay, in this case, they don't have a child. The bottom line, they never had a child. So therefore, the boom and the Haditha is good. Finish, there's no child. Which means the Shakish learns the rule of Ayyin Alaf. Investigate. She's bottom line, this lady potentially can have a child. She's pregnant. And therefore, even if she has some potentiality to have a child, that's considered already enough where she's not subject to Yibum. And since she's not subject to Yibum, she's not subject to Halitza. Now, ultimately, if the baby miscarries, okay, then the Halitza and the Yibum are back in play. So therefore, we have a Mahlokan if a pregnant lady is subject to Halitza. Yeah. Bottom line, I don't have a child at this point. Uben en lo. But according to the Shakish, no. Yen alav he learned. Which means, en en lo he learned. Yen, go investigate. If she's somewhat able to have a child, or in a position where she can maybe have a child, you have to wait. And therefore, he said, you cannot make a halitza or a yibum in this case. Now the Gemara is going to discuss a host of questions back and forth from the different she taught. Et yibere bi'ohanan shtakish. Bi'ohanan is the question to the Shtakish. Again, Shtakish is the opinion that says, you cannot make halitza on a me'oberet. It says, en avalad shil would we learn in our Mishnah? If let's say a fellow made halitza to a lady, right, that was pregnant, 
Well, then we found out that she was she got pregnant. We found out she was pregnant. So what do we say? And she gave birth. If the vlad was not shul kayama, so therefore the halitza was a halitza. Therefore, who asur bekrobotia? He becomes forbidden to our relatives because that's considered her his halit halutza. The asur bekrobam, and she's forbidden his relatives. Upsula minekewna, and she also becomes pesula minekewna because the halitza is a halitza because the the, the, the the child eventually was miscarried. She never was able to bring the child in. According to me, this Mishnah makes sense. That Amina Chalitzah meoberet shem Chalitzah. That Chalitzah meoberet is considered Chalitzah mishumachi pesula. That's why she's pesula from the Kewana because she's considered a halutzah. El lididat tamad Chalitzah meoberet lo shem Chalitzah. But according to Rishon Lakish, that says a Chalitzah that was done through meoberet is not considered a Chalitzah. Am I pesula from the Kewana? So why is she pesula from the Kewana? The Chalitzah was nothing. So therefore, the Mishnah's din doesn't make sense according to you. He said, "I'll answer you." Amalim bedrabanan uruchumna bealma. Yeah, that which it said she's pesulaf in the kiyuna is only a chumrah midrabanan. Because if you're not going to give her, make a pesul for the kiyuna, people are going to think that a regular halutza is muter in the kiyuna. So therefore, even in this case, she's really not a halutza. But the people are going to confuse it. So therefore, the rabbis made a chumrah that uh, she needs a she's pesulaf in the kiyuna even in this case. So that's the way the shtaki just turned the mishnah. When it says pesulaf in the kiyuna, it's a chumrah midrabanan. So they will not come to Matir, a regular halutzah, the kiwana. Because they're not going to know this lady if it was me'obed. They're not going to know all the details. So therefore, it's chumna. Ah, ikad amre, some go a different way. The opposite. Eti berish takish to Yohanan. Berish takish is the question of Yohanan. Yohanan that works with this retroactive that says that uh, you can make a halitzah to a me'obed. It says, in a valad shil kayama. Same case in the Mishnah. Where the valad is not kayama, who asubiklubot. That means the halitzah is really a halitzah then, because the baby never made it. And therefore, she didn't have children. Therefore, the halitzah was a halitzah. He, he becomes forbidden to our relatives. He has surah bikrobav, and she becomes forbidden to his relatives. Uf surah min akuna, and she is pesula from the akuna because she's considered a halitza. So it's a pishta man the didir. Shakish says, according to me, it's good. The amina halitza meubedet lo shmei halitza. According to me, that says the halitza meubedet is nothing. Hainu diktani pesula min akuna lechumra. So the mishnah makes sense. You know why she's pesula lechumra? Lechumra, meaning it's only a stringency. And that's why the Mishnah doesn't say what it should have said. It doesn't say she doesn't need Halitza Menachim. Because really she needs Halitza, this lady. It's just that that we said Pesula Menachimna is only a Humrah. However, which means, really, according to you, Rabbi Yohanan, the Mishnah should have said the deen. It should have said, such a lady does not need a halitza from the brothers. And then, automatically, I would understand that the halitza that was made is considered a halitza. Therefore, automatically, which means, why, according to you, Rabbi Yohanan, didn't the Mishnah just say the deen? It should have said... <coughs> That in the case where a man made halitza to a meobedet, and eventually she had a miscarriage, it should say, "Enatzilicha halitza menachim." She doesn't need any more halitza because the halitza was done. What do you have to say, "Pesulam menekehuna"? Pesulam menekehuna is mashma humra, meaning she's pesulam menekehuna because we're going to be mahmid, but really she needs a halitza. So the shakir is bringing a proof to him from the mishnah according to him. You're right. The mishnah could have said, "Enatzilicha halitza." And really, because the halitza that was made by the first mother is good, even though she was pregnant. The idea that Tana Resha lo pesula Tana Sefa pesula, but the Mishnah just keeping conformity because since in the first case 
where it says the baby was alive, so then, when the baby's alive, therefore the Halitha was nothing, therefore this should not be Sulaim in So since the first case of the Mishnah says, Lo Pesulaim in so in the second case it said, Ye Pesulaim in It could have said, Ena Sinika Halitha. But it just wanted to keep conformity. So this is the first case where the baby came out. And therefore the Halitza was worthless. So therefore the Mishnah is the only way he could have uh, communicated that was by telling us, Ena pesula So in the second case where the baby didn't make it, the Mishnah just says, Pesula because the Halitza was a Halitza. <coughs> Comes the Gibran and says, Eti be Rabbi Yohanan Shlakish. Rabbi Yohanan asks another question to Shlakish. Ena balat shil yikayem. We said in the end of the Mishnah, if let's say a fellow makes you boom, he makes you boom on a pregnant lady, and then the baby comes out, and the baby comes out alive. The baby comes out alive. Sorry, Elavalachul came out. The baby does not come out alive, but the baby dies. It's a miscarriage. Yekayim. So the Chaura, we understand he can stay married. Why can he stay married? Because the yibum is yibum. So That's why you can stay married. Because bottom line, the Yibum was Yibum, even though she was pregnant, and therefore Yikayem, you can stay married because the Yibum was legitimate. Because the uh, baby died. But according to you, the Takish that says the bi'ah that was made over by Mehmet is nothing. According to you, the Mishnah should say, not Yikayim, you can stay married. It should say, he has to make another bi'ah. Because the bi'ah that was made <coughs> the first time is nothing. Because you hold that the bi'ah made on a mi'ubedit for yibum is nothing. So therefore, why does the Mishnah say yikayim? It should say, yahzor v'yivod. It has to make another bi'ah l'shem yibum. That's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says, ma yikayim? Oh, you know what it means when the Mishnah said yikayim? Yahzor v'yivod v'yikayim delosage. Which means, that's what it meant. You have to make another bi'ah. Yikayim means you have to make another bi'ah. It doesn't mean stay married. It means you have to do a another bi'ah l'shem yibum. Let's read this one Nashi over here. Nashi says, Hainu diktani yikayim. She's according to the Bi'ah. That's why it says yikayim. can stay married because the first yibum is yibum. De lo matzik bi'ah lehar shepila. Now, ve'im ba'le garsha. Now, according to the Bi'ah, the sister yibum is yibum. So they consider fully married. Nafkamina, if they want to get divorced now, beget me garsha. You need to get. De iftira la bi'ah kamait. Because the bi'ah, the first bi'ah was considered bi'ah. U bi'at me'omerit shema bi'ah. Which means we're assuming over when it says Yikayim, which means the Mishnah is telling us he's able to stay married. Which means the first part of the Mishnah said what? If the Valad was Shilkayama, you got to get, get rid of her. Because the Yibum is nothing. But if the Valad is uh, not Kayam, yeah, you, have a, you have an option to stay married. Yikayim. But according to Shakish, he says, no, Yikayim is not telling you you can stay married. Yikayim is telling you an imperative, a directive. You must Mikayim. Which is, if you had a bi'ah with her, this bi'ah that you had when she was pregnant is nothing. Now there's no children, the baby was miscarried. You have to go and Yikayim, you got to do an action and marry and make another bi'ah. And as she points out that... Because the Shakin showed that Bi'at Mi'uvirit is not Shemim Bi'at. So the first Bi'at you do was nothing. Now, Halitza, we're not going to even let you do. Because once already you made a Bi'at already, 
So therefore, once you were ba'aleha, so the deen is, since it wasn't legitimate, you're going to have to make a, another uh, bi'ah. That's the only uh, way that Shekish can understand the Mishnah. Yikayim means, make another bi'ah. Comes the Gemara and says, Ika de Amri. Some have a different version of this last question. He made Yibum. And the baby didn't make it. So it says Yikayim. Right? So the Gemara says, According to me, it's good. That means that the Bi'ah is no good. Meaning, Yahzor Bi'ah is Yikayim. That what? Yikayim means he has to do an action. He has to make another Bi'ah again. Because it's not enough that he doesn't do that. But that's the only option that he has. But according to you, that says the Bi'ah was a Bi'ah, therefore Yibum was Yibum. Ratzai Yotzi, Ratzai Yikayim Ev'ele. Why does the Mishnah have to say Yikayim? You have to keep her. You don't have to keep her. You can get rid of her also if you want to make a uh, get. He should give him the option, which is according to me, the Shakish, you have no options. Once you made a Bi'ah over here, you got to make another Bi'ah to fulfill the Mitzvah of Yibum. But according to you, that the Yibum was Yibum, why does the Mishnah say Yikayim? You could say, either stay married or uh, you can get rid of her, because you fulfilled the Mitzvah already. So the Gemara says, You're right, Rabbi Yohanan will tell you. You could have said Yotzi. I did the Tana Resha Yotzi, Tana Sefa Yikayim. Because in the first case, when she had a child, you made Yibum in a minute, she had a child, they you have no options. There the Yibum was illegitimate. It was Eshet Ah. Because she ended up having a child. There it says the word Yotzi. So when the second case where the child didn't make it, so the Mishnah uses the word Yikayim. It's just to keep conformity because the first case it said Yotzi, so the second case Yikayim. And in the Kanamei, according in the second case, you could be Mikayim or if you want to get divorced. Either way, because Bama the Yibum was indeed a Yibum. Comes the Gemara and says, Metiveh, Gemara now has a question. Hakones et yibimto. Person, let's say, went with the yibama. Umetzat meuberet. And then you found out that she indeed is meuberet. She indeed is pregnant. From the first husband. So you don't know now. You're, you're, you don't know now if the baby's going to come out alive or not. Harezu lot sarata. Now let's say there was a tzara over here. She's, there was a co-wife. So the co-wife now cannot get married to the shuk yet. The co-wife is now still in limbo. She cannot go get married yet. Because maybe the baby is going to come out alive. So the Gemara says, maybe the baby is going to come out alive. On the contrary, If the baby comes out alive, then there was no need for Yibum, then she's permissible. So what do you mean, maybe the baby will come out alive? So That's the point, which is maybe we're worried that what? That the baby is not going to come out alive. And if the baby doesn't come out alive, the tzara really was not freed yet, because the yibum was not considered a yibum. So the Gemara says, But hold it, Nabi Hanan, if you say the bi'ah of a mi'uberet is considered a bi'ah, amai sarata, why shouldn't the tzara be free? She should be exempt from the bi'ah that was made by the by the other wife. Which means, according to Rabbi Yohanan, that says that uh, that bottom line, <coughs> bottom line, in this case, that Sarah should always be free. 
if the baby makes it, so they never felt the Yibum in the first place. If the baby doesn't make it, so already he made Yibum. So that the boom that he made with the original wife should be potated tzara immediately. But it doesn't say that. It says that the tzara is pending. Mashma that the bi'ad that's made by the, to the first wife, since she was mi'obed, it does not count as anything. And therefore, the tzara is still on the hook. Because if they have the, if they have to wait to see what comes out, if in the Khanami the baby makes it, you're right, the Sarah's off the hook. The Sarah can go get married to whoever she wants. But if the baby doesn't make it, and we're going to say that that B.I. was nothing, so therefore another B.I. is going to need to be made to one of the uh, wives. So therefore, we see clearly from this statement against the Shita of Rabbi Yohanan. So that Gemara revamps the Mahlukti Nishtakish Rabbi Yohanan. You cannot say that you can make B.I. on a Me'ubedit uh, for Yibu. Everybody's going to say, really, that doesn't work. So now we have to revamp. Really, I'll tell you when it comes to Bi'a, she's not uh, exempt. Which means you made a Bi'a on a Me'ubedet, doesn't count. You made a Halitza by a Me'ubedet. The Bi'ana also the Halitzah, the Me'obedet counts as a Halitzah. Bi'at Me'obedet lo shemeh Bi'ah. Well, the Bi'ah does not count. The Shtakiz Sabah, Bi'at Me'obedet lo shemeh Bi'ah. The Halitzah Me'obedet lo shemeh Halitzah. So therefore, everybody else, Bi'ah doesn't work by Me'obedet. The Mahlub between the Shtakiz and the is, does a Halitzah work? When the Bi'ana will say it does, the Shtakiz will say it doesn't. Amal le-Ravah, so Ravah tells Abayi, how could you learn like this? Man of Shach. I Bi'at Me'obedet shemeh Bi'ah, Halitzah Me'obedet shemeh Halitzah. Which means, these things should work in tandem. If the halitza, if the bi'ah is a bi'ah, then the halitza should be a halitza. If the bi'ah is not a bi'ah, then the halitza is not a bi'ah. Then the halitza is not a halitza. Which means, I can just split over here and say, the bi'ah, no, but the halitza, yeah. Didn't we learn that? We have a very important rule that we learned already. Which means with the rule that we learned till now was what? And any lady that's subject for Yibum can be subject for Halitza. But a lady that's not subject for Yibum is not subject for Halitza. So therefore, how can you give me a new Mahlokar over here? The Rabbah is saying, how can you tell me Abayeh that now the Mahlokar is only by Halitza, but everybody agrees you cannot make Yibum. In the contrary, if you can't make Yibum, so then you can't make Halitza. And if you can't make Yibum, you can't make Halitza. Which means the rule is any lady that's We'll call it subject to Yibum, subject to Halitza. So therefore this split that you made Abayin the Mahloket does not make any sense. Now, it should be noted over here that this uh, rule that we say, right, that she able to make Yibum and can make Halitza, and if not, not, was talking about over here where let's say you have a uh, zika, which means anytime this a lady falls with a zika, and the zika allows you to make yibum, so therefore she falls also to halitza. But if there's no yibum, then there's no uh, zika either for halitza. Rava is saying over here that this rule that we're saying yibum was said over here. <coughs> That really where there is a zika, which is the Radush over is, there is a zika. Because bottom line, this Me'obedet, she falls to the Yabam. But since he cannot do it, even though she falls, that's considered called Shiloh I want to speak that out again. She's normally, when do we say, uh, if she's not subject to Yibum, she's not subject to Halitza, that's considered there's no zika. 
she doesn't fall. So therefore, there's no yibum b'klal. There's no halitza. You don't need a halitza. Here, it's interesting. There is a zika because the meobedet baba. Maybe she's not going to have a baby. Maybe the baby's not going to come out alive. So therefore, technically, there is somewhat of a zika over here by the meobedet. But still, since you cannot make bi'ah to meobedet, so therefore, the kaura, the, 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 the halitza is not necessary as well. So therefore, <coughs> Rava rejects this uh, approach of abayit to explain the ma'alok that Rabbi Yohanan and Shlakish. So the Ma'aseh, we're going to have to come out with a new understanding of the Mahlukat of Rishlakish and Rabbi Yohanan. Let's just review. Originally, we thought to think that what the Mahlukat of Rabbi Yohanan Rishlakish is, is a bi'ah of a me'uberet, considered a bi'ah. So we said Rabbi Yohanan will say it is, and uh, Rabbi Yohanan will say no. And the logic is that in the case we didn't have a child in the end, I'll say, yeah, the retroactively, uh, we said the didn't have children, so therefore the Bi'ah is considered Bi'ah of Yibum. So we don't go with this retroactive. Or we go with the Pesukim like we learned. Uben en la, so Baruch Rabbi Yohanan will say she doesn't have a child at the time. Uh, but the Shekin will say no, ayin aliyah. We have to analyze that. Baruch she's put she's pregnant, so therefore she cannot make a Yibum. Then the Gibraltar falls off and says no. Clearly, uh, a Yibum <coughs> is not going to be legitimate when it comes to a me'obedit. Not according to the Shtakish and not even according to the Buhanam. So what's the mahlukit? Is a halitza going to be legitimate? So Ravah says, I cannot accept that. Because if your boom is not legitimate, then the halitza, you don't need a halitza. Because they work in tandem. So Ravah is going to have to give us a new interpretation to the mahlukit in the Shtakish and the Buhanam. And that we'll see on the next daf. Baruch Amen